Well, welcome everyone today, and this is a special day. Today marks the 36th anniversary of Westover. 36 years ago, this weekend, this church started. And Denise and I have had the privilege of pastoring this church for 36 years. Do you remember the first sermon you ever preached as pastor of this church? Yes, I do, in fact. I, I just, I don't remember every message, okay? I don't expect you to because I don't. But the very first message I preached from the book of Proverbs in chapter 3. And I, I read the verse that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that seems to be a keynote and it seems to be so appropriate to say we started by announcing we're going to trust in the Lord. And that has just been kind of the, the thing we've built on and through life. We've had to remind ourselves, Denise, there are moments you just will. You don't, you don't see your way through it. You trust God through that. And through the course of times, there have been many steps uh, this church has taken, some of them giant steps. And I will tell you early on, even the small steps were giant steps. When you have nothing and you're beginning from nothing, can I tell you, every step is a giant step for you. And that's where it was for us. We had to have our first service, our first baptism, our first and first and first. And we were just figuring this out along the way. And something God put in our hearts and God has shown us that's a part of our just a part of our ministry and our, our spiritual language today, and that is what God originates, God will orchestrate. You know, you can trust that. What God starts in your life, if God tells you to go to school, if God tells you to start the business, if God originates it, God's going to orchestrate it. You may sometimes think, God, where's the next step? Where's the where, how's this going to work out? How am I going to move from here to there? God has a plan, you know, and God shows you. I specifically remember that time stepping out into this huge unknown. We had never pastored before, much less started a church from nothing before, and it was a huge unknown for us. But we knew in our heart yes. that it was the right thing, that that's what God wanted us to do. We just had no idea how it was going to happen, but we trusted that what God originates, he orchestrates. And you just trust the unknown to the known God. Yes. The God that you know, you look to him and say, God, walk with me through the unknown. In Revelation chapter 3, uh, verse number 14, it gives uh, one of the names of God. Now, some of the names of God, Jehovah Jireh, uh, Je Jehovah Shalom, the God of our peace, Savior, Redeemer, Lord. There are different names of God, the beginning and the end. There's one unique name of God in that verse that I think many of us don't see. And the Bible says that Jesus is called the Amen. Mm. He's called, in one verse in the Bible, he's called the Amen. The word amen, maybe you've heard it in a message in a church or sometimes before we say it at the end of a prayer, amen. Amen means let it be. When you end your prayer and say, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen, you're saying, God, let it be. Well, that's the name, one of the names of Jesus. He's the God that will make it happen. He's the amen. He's the God that will make it happen. Yes. So we're walking through things and you're walking through things. You say, I don't know how God's going to make this come to pass. Remember, he's the amen. 
He's the God that makes things happen. And you can trust God. And that's just what we've done through the years. When we didn't know what was going to happen, we didn't know what the next step. People say, how are you going to buy property? And how are you going to, how are you going to pay for it? And how are you? We're just going to, we're going to trust in the amen. Yes. We're going to trust in the God that's going to make things happen. Now, our, our very first building that we built is what used to be our old student center. But when we were, we, when we built that building, I remember during the construction time of that building, it was July it was one of those hot, dry summers. I'm going to tell you how God can step in, how God protects you, how God orchestrates things. It's one of those hot summers where we didn't get enough rain. We have some of those where it's we're in severe drought. We had one of those summers. It was so hot, no rain whatsoever. It was in the month of July. They were building the building. The building is a, is a wood building with brick veneer at that time, and uh, the construction was going up. The walls were going up. I remember the trusses were going up. And I walked on the job site one day, and the job foreman from the, from the uh, uh, construction company, he met me. He said, Preacher, somebody tried to burn your church down last night. We were in construction. It was a wood facility. It was a wood structure. I said, You're kidding me. Yes, he walked, walked me in. And we were in the auditorium. And it was kind of in this position, the back wall of the church, and there were wood trusses up there. They hadn't put all the decking on the top of the roof or the shingles yet. It was still open, but it was being framed up. And someone had piled a bunch of material in the church together in the back and set it on fire. They tried to burn the building down. And I remember looking at the back tuba sixes on the wall, and they were charred. The, you could just see it was go, the charred of the burnt of the, of the tuba sixes were up six, seven, eight feet high where they, they had literally caught on fire and were burned, had burned. But something had extinguished the fire. Remember, we were in drought and it had not rained. The only day it rained in the month of July that year was that night. When I walked on the property and I walked in and he showed me where they'd set it on fire, I was stepping over pools of water on the concrete foundation. And it only rained that night. And when the rain came, it extinguished the fire. Now let me tell you my theory. I believe God reached his hand out there in the Gulf of Mexico and he grabbed a cloud and he did this. He just squeezed that cloud and extinguished. What somebody meant for harm, God said, my purposes are going to be established. You're not going to mess up. Can I tell you, God has a way of doing stuff in your life you can't even see. God's doing something in your life right now. Some of you, you think God's not anywhere around. Let me tell you what, God's all around. And he's doing some good stuff in your life. And and you can trust the Lord. I remember moving into that building and we had been in rented facilities before that and, and this was our first building we were so excited and we were going to have our first service on the last Sunday of April well that Friday before two days before we still didn't have pews they weren't even in the city and we were you know we were stressing out how are we going to have service on Sunday our pews aren't here and so we got a call from the, the shipping company, and they were en route, and they were supposed to be there sometime that night 
on Friday night. So we stayed at the church and stayed, and they came in at 2 a.m. That, that truck pulled into the parking lot at 2 a.m. in the morning, and we helped the driver unload all of the pieces of the pews. Now, remind they're not put together. They're just pieces laying around on the floor. So we laid all these pieces of pews all over the floor and went home, got a few hours of sleep, came back, and we helped the, the uh, assembly people put all those pews together, sit, sit them in the places they needed to be, situation, and get everything lined up and ready to go so we could have church the next day. I'll never uh, forget that weekend. Yeah, and, and it, it, was, it was a wonderful thing that to be able to move in the first building we built. And yeah. just by the way, I don't know, what do they call them, pews? Isn't that kind of a pew I mean, I mean, why don't they call them suites? The seats are suites. I mean, come on, instead of pews. I, I don't know why. But uh, we unloaded the pews. We moved in. We had our very first service. And wow, that was, it just seemed like that was another step. And we were, we were on our way. And through the years, there's been different expansion programs. We built here. We've added this. We've done that. We've, we've taken the next step, whether it's a building for kids' ministry or a or a sports complex, or adding a chapel, and just seems like God always has a, a next. And I think that's the way God works. God always has a next for you. Yeah. Don't ever put a period and say God's done with it. That's true. Okay? D don't ever say I I I'm through, or it's all over. God always sees something, and there's always a next, and with every big step we've ever taken yes. it always required a big yes from us and the next yes always had to be bigger than the last yes, yes. and you think well I'm, I made this big sacrifice and God took you through and God did something marvelous that's great guess what there'll be another yes David of the Old Testament he fought the bear and the lion he thought it can't get any worse than that until he came up to Goliath okay there was always the next. And the next, yes, that you obey God, it will be bigger than your last challenge. And why? Because God wants to show you he's, he's the conqueror of every challenge you encounter. Yes. Your next, yes, will be bigger than your last, yes. When we started the church 36 years ago, we sold our house. We took all the equity out, about 5000 That doesn't seem like a lot, but... When you have nothing, that's a lot, okay? <laughs> we put it in the church. And I went to the bank and I borrowed money against my car, $2,500, $2, all they would lend. And we put that in the church. And that was our yes then. And it represented everything. But your next yes is always bigger. Yeah. Back in 2019, we were building the student center. And God laid on our heart, God laid on our heart to step out with the biggest yes we've ever had. So we went out. And we borrowed against our house, 50000 against our house, and we put it in the building program. And we said, we're going to give the biggest gift. This is the biggest yes we've ever had to say to God. Can I tell you, God will never disappoint you. That's true. Your yes That's may right. be big, but God's provision is always big Bigger. too. God will always show himself. Reminds me of the story of the little girl that went to the country store with her grandparents. And the guy at the, at the store always had a jar of candy, and he would always let kids 
to when they came in and shopped with their parents or grandparents, get a piece of candy out of it. And this little girl came with Grandpa to the store, and he said to the little girl, you want a piece of candy? And she just stood there and didn't do it. Go in there, honey. Reach your hand in there and get one. She wouldn't do it. Grandpa was kind of coach. Go ahead. It's all right. Go ahead and reach your hand in there and get a piece of candy. And the little girl never moved. So finally, the store owner just reached in there, and he took his hand out, and he handed her a handful of candy. Got in Grandpa's car and driving home. And Grandpa asked her, sweetheart, why didn't you reach in there and get candy when he asked you? And why did you make him have to get candy for you? And she said to him, Grandpa, I wanted him to do it because his hand's bigger than mine. Yeah. <laughs> okay? I'm going to tell you, God's hand is bigger than yours. If God asks you, just whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever step, can I tell you? The big yes comes. God has a big hand that he'll be there to provide for you. And the story of Westover is really, it's not the story of Jim and Denise. We're the most inconsequential part of this story. It's, it's not about us. It's about people. It's the story. It's about people. It's how God reaches out and touches a life and a family what God does, and he creates a new story. He creates a new story of redemption and grace and provision. He heals a home. He frees somebody from. He brings somebody out of a, out a dark season in their life, a time of confusion. He gives people hope through a ministry, kids' ministry, sports ministry. It's just, it's the story about people. I remember uh, it was back about 2003, 2004. We, we had not built the gymnasium and kids' ministry area yet. And we were needing to add, but we needed both. We needed a new auditorium and we needed kids' ministry space, but we couldn't afford each. So we had to decide. Kids' ministry or a new auditorium. And one day I'd say, well, if we built the auditorium, we get more adults. The adults will help us pay for the kids' ministry. And then two or three days later I'd say, but, you know, we, we need to do better with our kids, and we need to do, and, you know, we'll just go to multiple services, and we'll add kids' ministry. And I was going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and both of them were good decisions. Which one does God want? And, Denise, I remember the Lord whispered to my heart, Invest in those who can't pay you back, and I'll pick up the bill. And when I heard that in my spirit, I said, God, we're going to build for kids. We're, we're going to put the kids first. We're going to do for students. We're going to do for kids. We're, we're going to reach. We're going to invest in those who can't pay us back and watch God pick up the bill. And that has been a part of the Westover story. We are giving right now and feeding 1,400 children every day. Because of your one-day offering, you're feeding 1,400 children every day. We're investing in those who can't pay us back. And I'm believing God's going to pick up the bill. I believe God is going to enrich everyone that says, I will help feed kids in third world countries. I will do something for Jesus. And God just, God just sweetened that. And that's the T-shirt. That's the, that's the motto, the phrase 
that Pastor Jonathan kind of has got into our heart and he's been speaking it to the staff and speaking it to the church that we follow Jesus and love people. I like that. That says so much in four words. Follow Jesus, love people. I, 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 that's the whole Bible in four words and it's on a t-shirt. There it is. Follow Jesus and love people. And that's what it's about. Westover, it's about people. It's taking, it's taking our eyes off of ourselves. And, and, and I want to speak to that generation that's out there, okay? And you say, I like different songs, I like different music, and I like this and I like, like that. Come on, can I tell you what? When I see high school students up here worshiping God, I can sing a different song, okay? I can do a lot of things different because it's about them. It's, it's about to see what God is doing in their life, to see what God is doing to that next generation. I'm going to celebrate that. Amen. And I can give up a lot of my preferences to see other people reach for Jesus. And I invite us, Westover, let's just get that in our spirit. Not on a t-shirt. I want you to get the t-shirt. Denise is thinking about getting on a tattoo maybe. Which shoulder do you want it? I don't know. Uh, we're going <laughs> to... We're going to follow Jesus, and we're going to love people, huh? Yeah. Maybe the other shoulder, you can say, I love Jim, too. I mean, I don't know. That would be all right. The best part of it, 36 years. 36 years. Let me tell you what, what causes my heart to sing. Yeah. Let me tell you what just warms my heart. They, they gave me the report last week, and I, I had to look at the numbers and just, I was humbled. I was humbled. God called two people from New Mexico to come to South Texas and plant a church. And in 36 years, here's our count, this church in kids' ministry, student ministry, young adult ministry, seniors' ministry, our ministry, we have, we have reached and seen 26,242 decisions for Jesus. Amen. Wow. Amen. Denise? That's awesome. That's bigger than the town we grew up in. Oh, yeah, by far. We grew up in a town that was less than 10,000 people. My pastor encouraged me. Somehow, Brother Yarbrough was a part of that. He encouraged me. And he just told me, put God first. And now he's in heaven. But he celebrates in that because he believed in me. And now we have seen that. Outreach, 8 million $873,499 in 36 years we've given to missions and outreach. And really, the 26,242 is follow Jesus. The nearly 9 million is by loving people. There it is. It's right there. Not nearly $9 million in, in 36 years. We have built kitchens in Kenya to feed kids that didn't have warm meals. We put beds in, in orphanages and kids could have a, a bed to sleep on. I remember the orphanage. We went to Tanzania 
and they kids are on a on the floor on a pallet say couldn't they do better if it wasn't there they'd be sleeping on the dirt outside they're in an orphanage and they didn't even have a mattress and the mosquitoes biting them at night and I asked the I asked the director what do you need he said we need bunk beds because the bunk beds can serve we can put a mosquito net around the top of the bunk bed and then the mosquitoes will not bite the kids at night and they can have a mattress and not sleep on the cold floor. How many you need? Need 19. What do they cost? It's $300 a piece. I said, order 19 of them. Wow, you did that. You did that. You're feeding 1,400 children every day. It's, it's all about that, Denise. That's right. You know, I, ever since we started the church, all through the 36 years, people have occasionally come up to me and asked me, did you ever think that it was going to be this big? Did you ever think you were going to see what, what you see today? And, you know, I say yes and, and no. Um, yes, because I knew we were doing the right thing. I knew what God was calling us to do, and I knew we were stepping out to follow his direction. But no, because, you know, it's just us. We're not capable of doing that. But that gives all the glory to the Lord. That we're It's not us, it's Him. Yes. I've, I've been to Africa. I've seen those kids sleeping on the floor. I've seen them eating out of little bowls um, that they got out of a garbage dump somewhere so they could have a meal at the, at the orphanage and at the school. And I've, I've seen the kitchens we've put in and the playgrounds. I've seen them playing on the playgrounds we put in. That makes that $8 million dollars all worth it when you see these kids yes. I've been in these altars and I've prayed with people who have given their life to the Lord what a joy it is to know 26,000 people have given their lives to the Lord over these 36 years wow yeah. did you ever think people are asking me did you ever think no because it was us but yes because it was God and God did it. He did it all. I, it reminds me so much of. It reminds me of that scripture in Ephesians 3.20 that says, He will do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask or think. Yes. And that's exactly what God has done in the last 36 years. Yes. 36 years. I was 27 years old when we started the church. And we started the church and people started attending and were a part of the congregation, part of the church family. Here's what people would say to me frequently. True. People say, Pastor Jim, you're just like a son to me. Everybody was older than us, really. You're like a son to me. I just, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Can I get my allowance this week? No. <laughs> no, I didn't say that at all. Uh, you're like a son to me. About a decade went by, people were saying, Pastor Jim, you're like a brother to us. You're like my brother. Another decade went by, and then I started hearing this. You're like, you're like a father to me. Father, can I tell you, in the last two or three years, three times people have walked up and said, Pastor Jim, you're like a grandfather to me. <laughs> Things change uh, in 36 yeah. years. 36 years. Ah. Uh, and I look by, what a fruitful ministry. 
and I, I look now and I, I'm, I'm 63. Denise is a little older than me. Careful. I won't tell your age. Careful. I won't say your age. But she's two-thirds of the mark of the beast. It just Okay, I'll just put that. Turn that mic off, would you, in the back? I may be in trouble here. You might be. <laughs> yeah. Th- th- 36 years. And wow, what a, what a wonderful time. You guys know it. The church board over a year ago and the church membership over right at a year ago voted that Pastor Jonathan would succeed us here and become the next lead pastors of Westover and been on staff with us 11 years and we're in that journey and we just know that that's coming and we see our seasons changing we see our seasons changing and uh, we thank God for the time that he has given us here and in a probably a couple years he's going to take the lead role and I'm going to take a secondary role in fact we're kind of already starting that you already see that I'm I've turned a lot more over to him, and he is just stepping up and giving me some relief because I guess after 36 years, I'm, I'm trying to move out of the fast lane and uh, just go at a little different pace now in this season of our life. And my future and uh, what I see will, will always be a part of Westover, but I'm starting to move into that next season. And one of the things I asked the Lord to allow me to do years ago was more missions. And uh, that's what I'm going to be doing, more missions. I'm going to Africa. Denise and I are going to Africa, Tanzania in uh, August. And I've been invited by the Bible school there to teach at the Bible school. So I'm thinking next year I may go overseas for a couple months I'll live in the dorms just with the students. It's in a remote area, and I'll be a chance to teach. The classes are in English and be with beautiful African brothers that are pastors there and and just impart into them and just enjoy that season. That's something that I, I look forward to doing and kind of changing the, the pace that we have here, and I, I commend Pastor Jonathan for staying and willing to be a part of this journey and here in a year two he's going to be your lead pastor and I'm going to be that other guy you know Uh, I'll be around but I'm going to I'm going to take on some assignments that I've I've always wanted to do and I think that speaks of the sweetness of the Lord to allow me to in this last season of ministry to be able to go and and reach the unreached. I told Denise years ago that I want to serve the underserved. And I felt like God put this on my heart about seven years ago, and I didn't really understand it. But I felt like the Lord told me about seven years ago, your next promotion will look like a demotion. And what, what does that mean? Stepping out and being the lead pastor of a of a mega church and, and going to Africa 
and teaching in classrooms with 20 and 30 students. None of them own an automobile and they have to walk to come to class and they won't have air conditioning in it and I'll be living in a in a dormitory over there and that might look like a demotion but in my heart that feels like a promotion to serve the underserved that's I'm looking forward to that in the book of Acts I want to just share this with you as I wrap this up in the book of Acts you have two champions of faith and it's Barnabas and Paul Barnabas and Paul Barnabas and Paul Barnabas and Paul notice the order Barnabas and Paul but something happens in Acts chapter 13 verse 42 and from that moment on it transitions in the book of Acts it's no longer Barnabas and Paul it now says and Paul and Barnabas Barnabas and Paul then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit changes it and it's Paul and Barnabas the leader became the supporter and the follower became the leader and I saw that in the Bible and I want to be that I want to be the I want to be the person that supports our next lead pastor I want to be his encourager I want, to, I want to do for the Paul what Barnabas did. I, I want, part, Barnabas said, I'm willing to take a second chair as God promotes somebody to the first chair. And I'll tell you, Pastor Jonathan, I'm going to be the second chair guy. And I'm going I'm to encourage you. And I want to ask you, as you love me and you supported us, support them in this journey. Stand with them. They're going to be our next lead pastor. And we want God, we want God to use you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you, baby. I didn't solicit that, but... That just, again, speaks of the heart of this great church. Thank you. It's been wonderful for 36 years. We're going to continue to serve you in any way we can. We're here to love you. And even as we take a secondary role or get out of the fast lane more and more, we're still here, and we're still, we still want to be a part of your life and your spiritual journey. Thank you for being here today. And because of Anniversary Sunday, Denise, tell them we have a treat for everyone. We do. We have anniversary cake for you in the lobby as you leave. We have cupcakes for everybody. So make sure you grab one on your way out and meet somebody you haven't met before. And we want you to have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful Sunday. We love you, Westover. God bless you. God bless you.